Right, welcome to the ACG New York weekly podcast. I'm Vic McDani, Executive Director of ACG New York. Every week, of course, we talk to members and contingents within the MA ecosystem, be it in the US, North America, or worldwide, that are doing deals or part of that value chain of deals. And today, my special guest is David Nykrug. CEO and founder of Optimatum Solutions, which is a vendor management firm delivering robust solutions in the areas of healthcare, retirement, HR systems, and the M&A world uh, as it relates to the HR supply chain. And, and they've been doing that for a long, long while now. Hello, David. Nice to be speaking you, with ben? you, sir. Very well. Thank, thank you. you. Very, very well. I, we appreciate the opportunity. No, of course. And you're, of course, an, an ACG New York member as well. So uh, with that, I thought, David, you know, as I, as I speak to people on this podcast, I always try and find out a little bit more about them, uh, your tale, your history, and especially as an entrepreneur, because you run this business and have been for a while. So tell us a bit about yourself, sir, your journey. Well, thank you. So Journey starts about 30 years ago. I've been in this general HR and benefits world, started out in the traditional advisory space. Uh, and actually, my prior firm, I had the luxury of selling out to a private equity-backed HR consulting firm. And then in 2007, uh, brought the concept of vendor management, which has been a well-oiled machine within the BPO sector to the HR supply chain. As we all know, the vendors within the services within HR are outsourced today. People aren't adjudicating their own health care claims or worried about their own daily values and retirement plans. So net net, it's an outsourced model, but being able to bring the tools of the, of the world of vendor management to the HR supply chain. Fantastic. And of course, I'm guessing in this time of M&A euphoria, you've never been so busier. So maybe tell us a bit about you, you know, your client base within the transactional world, you know, are they very much PE? Uh, are they very much middle market, lower middle market, strategics, family offices, all of the above? Tell us more. Well, you, you, well, you just went through the list of all of them. Uh, the good yeah. news is both from a perspective, so of our types of clients, right, our clients, whether it's hold co-op co, sponsor port co, or family office, or just one-off uh, organizations, we play, as I would define it, as the wide middle market. Uh, technically, mm -hmm. we call it the Fortune 2000 is our ideal, I would say, organizations, anywhere between 500 to 1,000 employees on the low end to 20, 30,000 on the high end. Uh, what we found is that that world has the complexities, but not always have uh, a situation or an opportunity uh, for the sophistication that's needed when you get into those uh, types of organizations. That being said, you talk about the what we're seeing. Yes, thankfully, we are very busy. We're grateful for that. Uh, at the same time, I have to say, if I can turn the, table, uh, the clock back to 2009, a little bit of deja vu. Uh, what we found in 2009 was we ended up getting our phone was ringing with help. And there are two points of entry to optimatum. We call it offense and defense. Offense is about expense management margin expansion, SG&A controls, defense is, okay, we have a challenge here, we need it fixed and we need it fixed today. Similarly to 09, uh, in 08, people did not really know if they were gonna be around tomorrow. And they mm -hmm. sort of said a lot, let a lot of things go by the wayside, 
Similarly, what we've been seeing is people went through the RIFs, the furloughs, the reduction in cash comp, and didn't focus on the operational functions of the business. At the same time, what is keeping us busy is both the full M&A life cycle of pre-deal due diligence, day one readiness, post day one synergies, but which is but also tied into the concept of harmonization. Harmonization of delivering value capture to the portfolio and don't want to get into it all right now, but the opportunities are there of leveraging the girth of the portfolio, and that's what's keeping us busy today as well. Well, you know, you've got so many capital providers and players in the ecosystem now that have their own prerequisites and own notions of what value creation and capture actually is and are. So having said that, um, I'm guessing there's a bit of a, a delta between what was presupposed and what eventually ends up ha happening. So what does happen? I mean, you know, what was the inevitability? So I want to talk to you, if I could, David, about your process, about that harmonization, about the players that you work with, be they SPACs, whoever it may be, um, that, uh, that you try and foster. So perhaps let, let's talk about, you know, client approaches and, you know, pre-deal, day one readiness, post-merger execution. So if we can touch on each one of those gamuts. So let's talk about, I don't know, due diligence support, you know, pre-deal and where you probably want to be talking to these players as early as possible. What, what happens there? Uh, cor correct, but I would say uh, generally not early, not soon enough, not early enough. And we're, you know, I, let's call it the forgotten stepchild uh, from that perspective <laughs> that nobody wants to talk about. Candidly, whether it's a APA or an SPA, right, there are things that are committed to within these processes that are great maybe from a deal perspective, but nobody's thinking about the next step from an operationalization of that com uh, commitment, whether it's benefits comparable in the aggregate clause, which people think, okay, great, we're gonna take care of our employees, but what it really takes and the cost of the load of managing that on an ongoing basis, even if it's for a short 12, 18, 24 months, becomes a very heavy lift. And in the middle market, they don't necessarily have the infrastructure uh, today to be able to start managing double the number of plans, double the number of, uh, of retirement plans, health plans, and the like when you're in that scenario. Uh, from a pre-deal due diligence standpoint, from you know you have the world of you know doing the QOV, doing the opinion letters. We leave that all to that world. Where we're focused is as you know where the landmines, what's going to actually be a challenge to implement, as well as what are clauses that got. I don't want to accuse of anyone sneaking something in, but get landing into the agreement that just doesn't really impact anything and all it's going to do is add to additional labor going ahead, going into the deal. What if you what if you already have a, a PMO in place managing all of this, that integration, that acquisition integration? Don't they cover it all or do they miss out on some of those landmines you speak of? So the PMOs do a great job, right? Whether, you know, everyone's task practice and PMO services do a wonderful job synthesizing the work streams and running the Gantt chart. But as a general rule of thought, right, there are some that dive into certain work streams better than others or more than others. But they, they make the assumption that the acquirer has the bandwidth for day one readiness. And that's really when it, when it comes to the HR work stream within the M&A context. 
that's what we have found. And when we actually looked back a number of years ago and said, look at all the quote unquote messes and the defense work we were doing. And when we got down to it, what we found was is that the defense work was driven by either M&A gone bad or system transition gone bad. And that's mm -hmm. from the M&A side was really that is that they made a commitment or they got into something. All these assumptions were made, but the reality of that, there was nobody there to uh, manage it from a day one perspective. Yeah. What a, I'm sure you hear this, at least I, I would hope. Well, maybe not hope, but I would imagine you hear this. What about your, your their HR vendors? Uh, don't they handle a lot of this stuff? Why, why don't they just leave it with them? Well, they, you still need a quarterback, right? So if you have a situation, you could have 10, 12, 20 HR vendors that you have to interact with, whether it's for health and welfare plans, retirement, HR systems, onboarding, background check, you know, travel, you name it. All these vendors now you have to worry about you know, number one, on a benefits comparable in the aggregate situation, you have to maintain multiple plans, but even on moving data, right? Yes, it's great that all the vendors are there. Uh, they all are going to worry about their little corner of the world, but it's a matter of even within a traditional HRS or payroll vendor, you're going to have multiple work streams, multiple project managers for each one. It could be a Ben admin. It could be an onboarding. It could be time and attendance. These are all work streams within a single vendor that you need to worry about. Now, furthermore, they're not going to, you know, necessarily be privy to the general uh, deal structure. Yes, you can share it with them. Do they understand it? And how do they operationalize it? And keeping track of the compliance side. And that's also a big piece of it, especially in the world that we're, you know, in now with all these SPACs and all these, you know, smaller entities doing all these acquisitions per se. And you're running, yeah. you know, we're seeing some SPACs out there that have 10, 15 entities in them and they're all running their own show. Yep. And so do a lot of them have integration uh, processes in place? I mean, as it pertains to those work streams you talk of, I mean, it, do you do you try do you say to them no it's on to us to 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 really get that going for you or do you fuse in with what they have already i mean i guess i'm asking whether it, someone may approach you and say i already have a process in place is it too late to bring you on board well listen it's never too late to bring anyone on board from a perspective of how do you streamline it how do you avoid the landmines per se that mm -hmm. uh, from from that world but from uh, when you think about it from the opportunities there for leveraging uh, and synthesizing the process, that remains front and center. Yeah. So let's let's get into day one readiness, the roadmaps based on the deal dynamics, um, you know, migrating, integrating employee data, blah, 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 all this stuff. So what happens there? What are you doing specifically at that point? We're actually doing the heavy lifting. We're actually the ones moving the data. We're going and grabbing the data. We're dealing with a crosswalk table because, you know, one could be using one set of data for identifying all the employees. One could be using social security numbers. The other one could be using an employee ID number. And how do they align? So really worrying about all of these, you know, these nuances where tax filing on payroll, right? You know, do they have all the jurisdictions aligned properly? Do they have on the retirement plans and the, on the eligibility files? Are all of these things uh, that need to happen for a plan to run smoothly 
are they what's happening during this transition for day one if you think about a proper day one readiness scenario you're looking at a project plan about five to six hundred unique tasks mm -hmm. and that's just a high level of worrying about what's going on worrying about control group issues worrying about uh, cross testing I mean we, you know we can go on and on but but there are pieces of the puzzle. You have the attorneys that are going to tell you you have to worry about X, which you have to do. You have to worry about the operational side where the vendors are there to say, okay, here's what we're going to do, but actually who is going to do it? And that's where we really found to be our niche of the world is doing the heavy lifting and making sure it actually happens so everyone sleeps well at night and on day two. I'm guessing you have a, a well laid out answer for this, but I'm going to ask anyway. It all sounds quite expensive. <laughs> Are you, um, how much of your time is being spent with other overhead? And, you know, how, well, it sounds quite expensive to me, but I'm guessing worthwhile. Yes and yes, but no, uh, if I can. So Optimatum is a boutique shop. Uh, we're solely focused just in the HR work stream. And when you talk to, you know, if talking to our clients, it's all about a value proposition. If we're not adding value to a client, we don't want to be there. Uh, if you think about the traditional task practices that are out there and what they charge and how they, you know, just quote unquote, you know, move in uh, till the deal's done, uh, that's not our model. We're a fixed fee model or a flat monthly fee model per se. Uh, we are there to add value to our clients, and we don't want to, you know, just to show up and, you know, call it in the old days of just moving into a conference room until uh, the deal's done. Uh, we're, we don't we don't go down that path. We go down to doing the heavy lifting and, and making sure it actually happens and executed properly. What are what are some of the common pitfalls that you you see at whichever stage of that work stream, David? I'm guessing. You already know, even before coming in, right, we know that this is going to be an issue. What are some of those pitfalls that you always see? The pitfalls are, you know, I would say control group issues where a plan hasn't been managed properly and you're going to run into a compliance issue. Uh, you know, traditionally, you'll see it in you know, high growth scenarios where, you know, they've gone, you know, Series D, Series E, and they've gone for, you know, they're adding. 50% increase in employees, you know, every six months. But meanwhile, the back of the house hasn't caught up yet. So you have an infrastructure that was established for a, you know, 200 employee organization. Here you're sitting with two, 3,000 employees and the infrastructure is, for all intents and purposes, just choking. Uh, yeah. the, other side, the other side of that is the pricing model of the vendors and the services that they're procuring are not aligned with their current uh, with their current structure, and there's a misalignment that just needs to be, you know bluntly just needs realigned. By the way, going up as well as going down, we just had this with a client uh, within the hospitality industry. Is their infrastructure was established for, you know, where they were today, you know, bluntly tenfold, and now they're there a fraction. They have this overhead. And it's, you know, the hospitality industry, as we all know, isn't going to be back to about 2025 uh, to its full uh, capacity. So it's a matter of right now dealing with that. And we went in there as a SWAT team uh, the beginning of November. And within two months, we had them realigned to where they are today, but enabling them to ramp back up without having that monthly overhead and that monthly burn. 
Interesting, you mentioned, you know, months and timelines. How long, say post-merger, in that execution process, how long are you married to said firm? Is it are you, are you there for a while? I'm, 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 I'm sure you're troubleshooting and, and, and servicing and monitoring and managing as you go along, but how long are you typically involved? Uh, it can range anywhere from six months to a couple of years. Uh, what we have found mm -hmm. is that, uh, just, it, you know, if you're going into a scenario where it's just a single acquisition uh, within a, you know, an organization, it's shorter. Uh, what we have been seeing more and more is that when you're getting into these harmonization processes, you can't just set it up and walk away. You, you need somebody managing it for the sponsor or the hold co. And that can either be internally, they can hire the resources, or we have some clients that have reached out to us and asked us, listen, can you manage us on an ongoing basis uh, because we bring the value and the deep subject matter expertise with us. Mm. It's, um, if, you, if you talk about expediting a deal, I, I know personally, you know, HR compliance issues can be one factor that, that causes a lot of de delays. Do you, do you see that uh, more often than in not? The U, in, the, in the U.S., you really, you know, anything that's, that can't be worked out, right? I mean, you see less and less of pension liabilities, retiree medical liabilities. Those used to be the ones that would really get in the way. Uh, but... The only ones that really that we're seeing holding up deals these days, from as a general thumb, is with the collective bargaining world. Mm. Interesting. Well, I know. That, no, go on. Sorry. No, some reason you know some people think oh it's not in the best interest, so they're going to do everything possible to uh, get in the way of the deal closing. Yeah, yeah, it's very interesting. And then there's so many vendors out there as well. Not that we want to talk about them, but. Well, how are you differentiating, David? I know that you're quite a small and nimble organization and, and not to plug you or promote you, but I know that your, your clients provide good, good testimonial, but what differentiates you from the rest? So number one, you know, and I'm, I'm always, you know, interested to uh, learn about other firms. Optimatum as a vendor management firm is the only one in the space that's solely focused mm. on the HR supply chain in the traditional world, the HR work stream and actually doing the heavy lifting. You have a lot of other firms that are focused on either, as you mentioned, the PMO, the IMO and the traditional task practices, but also we're vendor agnostic. We're not a broker. We're not a consultant. We are, we play, you know, plug and play with all vendors. They all know us well and they understand our position and that the client's making the investment to ensure a smooth transition. Oh, very interesting. And obviously, we'll, we'll put a link to, to David's website and his details within the description of the podcast. I want to talk to you, David, a little skew, if I may, about your wider thoughts on the market and what is going on. Back end of last year, of course, was a field day. You could say M&A activity was rampant, and it certainly continued. Lots more different players, and we've spoken about a few of those contingents. But give us your thoughts on, on the wider markets, David. Um, what we're we're seeing sort of the aftermath or the ongoing aftermath of all these deals, right? They're just buying the companies. You know, if we thought in 2018, 2019 due diligence wasn't happening, uh, that was a lot of due diligence in comparison to what we're seeing today. And so, yeah. more and more hair on the deals, more and more just buy it and we'll deal with it later type of concept. And that's you know, if you're building that investment to cleaning up their you know the hair, the mess, whatever term you want to use. 
do it, but just to go by and assume, okay, you'll, you know, keep it together with bubble gum and duct tape uh, <laughs> until uh, <laughs> yep. until you're able to get rid of it. Uh, good luck. I mean, that's, listen, there are people that are, you know, doing that. We're seeing it. We're seeing it. We're, we're you know, front and center to, they're calling us and after, you know, saying, oh, we tried that, but no, we really have to do it because now, you know, clients with Department of Labor issues, department uh, clients with other types of audit issues that are bubbling up because they got, you know, they were went unwatched or unaddressed. So as, and granted that we um, may be looking at and skewed with the world that's challenged, but we're seeing more of it. We're seeing, yeah. and as, well, the, as the deals progress, <laughs> I don't have to well, there's you a lot of, there's a, how best shall I put it, a lot of competitive powder out there that needs to be spent quite quickly. And we're certainly seeing that resonate with valuations, the EV component, let's keep to one side, but it's, um, I guess, doing a full circle, fairly decent for you, busy as you were back in 08, 09, but does that worry you a little bit? It certainly does to some other folk that I speak to. Yeah, I mean, it's the, the lack of, if I may, potential common sense within a deal. Um, just, you know, the whole, the money's burning a hole in somebody's pocket, therefore you have to spend it. Yeah. And that, that's fine, but, you know, you know, put another 10, 20% on the deal within your, within the financials and your projections to actually clean it up so you can have a smooth sailing operation. Cleaning up, up, you know, organizations. Some, you know, people have made a lot of money over time buying messes and cleaning them up and selling them. But the key is, is they built into the financial model the cost of cleaning them up. And what we're seeing is that they're not even thinking about it. They're just saying, okay, we'll we'll buy it and then, you know, we'll worry about a secondary fund or we'll worry about someone else to get rid of it. That that's what's keeping me up at night if I think about the longer term picture. Well, I, I won't I won't go down that road, but uh, here was I thinking whenever an LOI is signed, they're in love with the firm and they are there to help and they know enough about it to know where to help. So my last question, when you're performing, let's talk pre-deal, let's go around pre-deal. When you're doing your risk and opportunity assessment and you, you say, well, look, there's a lot of work to be done here um, and be as diplomatic as possible, sir. Does that ever thwart away their thinking to say, actually, we should have given this a, li a little bit more thought? And you're only looking at one uh, gamut of, of that buyout. Yeah, I mean, that's the key. <laughs> is we're, listen, we're just one corner of the ecosystem, right? Don't, yeah. but one consistent thesis that I've seen time and time again throughout our, my career is that if there is a challenge in one corner, it's usually not the only corner. Well, I don't want to end on that uh, grey thought, but uh, David, look, it's always a pleasure talking to you. I always enjoy our chats. Any final thoughts, passing thoughts as you as you see this euphoria, I'll use that word again, uh, of deals, but we do talk about some uh, herrings in there that, um, that I'm sure you are always talking to people about. Any, any final thoughts, maybe on that or anything else? Well, I, no, I would say two things. First of all, uh, one, you know, as we started out with ACG, you know, is, 
you know, I'd say front and center in this world and enabling the process, and we appreciate that. From the world of, you know, where Optimatum is and how we add value and what we're seeing today is that the opportunities there on leveraging the girth of the portfolio, uh, yes, on one side from the HR work stream, but I would say beyond that, whether it's IT, logistics, energy, you name it, uh, there are opportunities there. And we encourage, you know, the world of operating partners or the deal partners that are looking at it to really, you know, think about it because it is real money here and now, right? You save 20, 50, 100 million dollars a year to the portfolio and then you put your multiple on that. Uh, you can do something time and time again with the money. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's really forward thinking. I would say that that's, you know, some parting thoughts. Yeah, amen to that. And, you know, looking at uh, not just the elephant size shops, but the ones that perhaps you and I work with most, you know, um, they're hiring a lot more operating partners and thinking about organic creation within their portfolio company. So that's always great to hear. David, as ever, sir, brilliant talking to you. And, and I hope to see you soon in person. We're nearly there, I think. That sounds good. Thank you very much and have a great day. You too, sir. Bye-bye.